Hi, it's Tom Panos here. I've got with me Andrew Lutzi. I've just spent a few minutes with him talking. He's from Cunningham's at Balgala. And I've got to tell you, sit tight. Try and turn your mobile off. Of course, if you're watching on a mobile, you've got to have your mobile on. But what I want you to do is focus in on this guy, 31 years of age, on track to write $2 million a year in GCI, average price of about a mil, thereabouts, it's a bit lower, but it's gone up to a mil now. But what you're gonna hear is a guy that came out of school and in the last 10 years, or 11, 12 years actually, has become an attraction agent. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. I'm so pumped. There's so many things we're gonna talk about here. But to our viewers out there that don't know Andrew Lutzi, the quick version, Give me one or two minute version of um, when you got into real estate and how your team looks now. Sure. Um, when I left school, I did a year overseas. Um, and then when I came back from overseas playing rugby, I started at Cunningham's as a cadet. Uh, held on to that position for about 18 months, then went under John Cunningham as our principal, uh, his wing for about uh, two and a half years as a, as a mentoring process, purely in sales. Uh, after that time, he released me and then I went out on my own in sales and I've been in sales ever since. And then over the years, built my team up from one PA, two PAs, back to one, and now we're, we're at two PAs again in the last two years. Okay. How old were you when you went into sales full-time after being into debt? About 23. So at 23, you're a full-time salesperson. Yep. Um, can I ask you, what did you write your first year? First year was about uh, 190,000 GCI. Right. Yeah. What do you think you'll write this financial, you know, 2013, 14 thing year? 2013, 14 will be around about 1.8, 1.85. Right. Um, and what do you think you're on target to do for calendar year 2014? Calendar year we're on track for about two to two one if we if we have a big second half. Okay. First takeaway point, gang. Every million dollar agent or two million dollar agent was once not a two million dollar agent. You're hearing a guy who about um, less than 10 years ago wrote in his first year under $200,000. So I want everyone to know that where you are right now is not necessarily where you're going to end up. It's actually the starting point. The second thing I want to ask you is that you've got two PAs. Yes. And how does a team look like? Um, what do you do? What do they do? Um, we uh, we have a really good structure, um, although I probably would have done it differently if I started again. Um, I'm the lead agent, so mainly I focus on the listing and the vendor management. Um, I try and uh, upskill my P, uh, my PAs, or I call them business colleagues. Um, I don't like the term PA. Right. Um, so it's the more I can upskill them and get them handling more buyer work, then I can handle all the vendor management, they handle all the buyers, the calls and so on and then we can get more deals done. Okay. We, can, we can actually sell more property. Okay, give me an idea. Callbacks, who does those? So I'll handle generally all the hot buyers on the high profile properties and everything else then I'll handle, I'll, I'll divvy up to either Ben or Liam. Liam's predominantly, he's the younger one of, of, the, of the two. Uh, Liam's more in a marketing admin role, but he's now progressing into that buyer agent role. And then Ben is, is very much purely a buyer agent and he's almost a, uh, a listing agent as well now. Okay, um, Andrew, you said that you picked up a good learning about PAs. Um, what, what was that? 
when you're structuring, when you're starting off a, a team or a super team, um, most people tend to have a, a, a um, well, there's, there's always different structures, but I tend to find the most productive agents and the best agents I wanted to emulate do a lead agent and then an admin agent. Someone who's going to be in the office doing the paperwork, supporting the lead agent all the time. I started off having uh, a lead agent and then, I, and then I had a buyer's agent. Right. So there's no one there to fill in the paperwork. Right. Sometimes you can you can miss things or you, you know, you're not writing enough volume to justify having a, a buyer agent. Right. So you need to get to a certain point to then bring on that buyer agent after you've got the foundation of an admin agent. Okay, so key takeaway there is when you're going through the process of growing and putting on assistance, what you would do is you'd put on an admin PA first to look after the plumbing in the background so there's nothing gets missed out and then when you're busy enough to the next level you put on a buyer PA that is a little bit more sales oriented that's got the ability to communicate with buyers. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so what you're saying that Andrew Lutzi does a lot of his time during the week is going to listening presentations yep. and having vendor management conversations yep. with existing vendors. And obviously you know, a lot of my time is spent generating business, you know, 95% right. of our business from the team is generated through me. Through you. Yeah. So that way I can have as much time and I give incentives to my business colleagues so they can actually spend more time selling. Yeah. Okay. So Andrew, let's talk a little bit about it because one of the things that I hear most from real estate agents is that they wish they could get into more doors. Yes. You must get into a lot of doors. Yes because you can't be writing the level that you're writing without you actually being face-to-face -face with potential vendors. That's right. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, um, and I know that having spoken with you before we filmed today, you said that you are definitely more a marketing attraction agent than a transactional chase type agent, you know? Yes. So how do you, how do you get your business? We touched on a few things earlier on. What are your main sources of Andrew being on the shopping list? I think um, being, being very much known in my patch. Right. So doing more business, and when you are getting listings in your patch you know, that you want to be known for, doing bigger campaigns. So even if you had to invest a little bit of your own money to upsize your ad, so I'd hold a really good auction program, let it run to auction day. So people know that you put on outstanding performance in that area. So very much I'm known as a specialist in Bagala, North Bagala, and perhaps in the Seaforth now. That's my core part of the market. Um, and then so Andrew, in, in that market that you just defined, are you known as the go-to person? You, you, you will most of the times get called into the presentation. Yes, yeah. I like to think so. Right. I, I want to be one of the top three on the shopping list every time, yeah. If someone doesn't already have a relationship with someone else, and if they do have a relationship that I've been referred in there, obviously I need to do a great job to you, differentiate why I'm better and what strategies and, and performance I bring to the table that my competitors don't. Okay, so one of the things you're saying is what gets you into a lot of doors is your current listings with marketing attached to those current listings. Yeah is a lead generator for more listings. Absolutely. And I would assume that the kind of people that call you out are cleaner business yeah. than what you get using the old 80s, 90s, cold traditional methods of lead generation. You're still gonna get lots and lots of appraisals from past OFI lists, they're excellent sources of revenue, especially for your business colleagues. But for me, where I am, and my type of business, what I wanna achieve, 
you know, many people out of open houses, you'll meet a lot of vendors and neighbours from the area that are coming in there. And there's one or two things, yes, they're looking to buy, but they're also on the flip side, when they do buy, they're looking to sell. So they're judging agents as well. Right. So you need to be putting on an outstanding performance. And also, like you said, an attraction agent, do they feel you adequately represent their home you know, right. for what they want? Because there's a lot, unfortunately, there is a lot of ego in, 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 a, in an owner's house, whether they know it or not. You know, they, they feel their home is their castle. And we need to, to adequately understand where they feel their home is positioned on that ladder. Um, so it's, it's a really, it's a fascinating job when you do get to be known as a specialist in a market. I still sell lots of listings all over the lower northern beaches, and that's probably two thirds of my business is out of my core. You know, one third is part of my core, but where I want to be known is in my core area that, you know, that's almost like uncontested listings. Right. I'm at the, I'm at the dinner table. Andrew, it's an easy decision to choose you. Okay. But you're not the only one that gets called in. Definitely not. I mean, almost every listing appointment, unless it's a past client, yeah. or even sometimes then, I'll always get someone else in just to, to double check. Right. But usually you'll find I'm up against one or two other competitors, you know, all the time. What do you think your advantages are in creating separation between you and other agents at the dining table at the listing presentation? Uh, it's a good, good question. Points of difference, separation. Um, look, I think. Being a specialist in the marketplace, you're always going to have a lot more cut through than, right. than other agents. Um, but also, I think it's important that you do articulate how your team structure works and why that is a point of difference. So for me, you know, not just having one agent who's trying to be everything to everyone, I'll do this, I'll do the marketing, I'll be making the callbacks, I'll have face-to-face -face weekly meetings. It doesn't work. You can't service the amount of buyers we have coming through. So I'll add it, I'll particularly show the, the owner that that's actually a bomb that's working to their disadvantage when they're using an agent who's trying to meet everything to everyone. So you, so Andrew, contrary to what a lot of people say, which is, oh, if you list with someone that's a really big agent and they've got a team of uh, assistants, you're actually not getting that person. What you say is you bring that to the conversation and Absolutely. you say you're actually getting an advantage by dealing with the team. That's right. You need to bring that bubble that to the surface and show them why there's far more advantages using a specialist. Where you need me best, where you're going to get most value out of me, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, is at the negotiation table. If I was the best person to be in every single open house, I'd be there. Right. But the sad truth is that I'm not. You see, Ben and Liam are going to know more of the buyers than I will. Right. And so they're going to have a better connection and they're going to induce an offer faster than I would. What we do with that offer then sits in my lap. Right, okay, so what you're saying is that um, you let them know at the valuable point of the transaction that you come in. Absolutely, yeah. Right. And that's not the same with every client, especially the high-profile high clients. And you're going to get some clients who just say, Andrew, I just want to deal with you. Yeah. And that's fine. You have to pick and choose your battles. Yeah. Um, but you just, for most of the point, if you want to, you have to be firm on what you want to achieve, otherwise you'll get tired, you'll get burnt out. And I've had lots of years of being tired, and I, I looked at some really great guys like Marcus Timonello and, and James Tossman and those Marshall White guys who structure their super teams so well because they bring it up, they layer it the right way from the start. Right. Yeah, they don't start going on and, and telling people about their associates who do all these things You're halfway through a campaign. You know, they know right at, right at the very start of the listing appointment, or perhaps it's once they've signed it, they have the set for sale meeting, you know, your strategy meeting before you first open about who does what and why they do what. Right. Um, so that communication is pretty, pretty critical. Um, 
For three years in a row, I think you won the Results Network Auctioneer of the Year. Uh, yes, for the Real Estate Results Network. Real Estate Results Network. Um, you do your own auctions? Yes. You do other people's auctions? Yes, I'm the company's chief auction. So how many do you reckon you do in a year? Right. We're selling a lot prior uh, now, um, but I would say at least uh, six a month, so six to eight a month. Six um, to eight a month. Okay. So be, you know. When you're doing auctions of your own properties? Yes. Um, how do you convey that to a vendor in a listing presentation, and how does it articulate out in the real world? Is it an advantage, or do you find that um, it's you're trying to do everything on the day? Just, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like um, I'm contradicting myself being everything to everyone what I said, but in terms of uh, a point of difference that we bring to the table, most other agents will use an independent auctioneer, and I think that's fine, but I, I try and use that to my advantage to say, well, you know, the independent auctioneer will come in, you know, they don't know you, they have no invested interest in the property. 15 minutes, they'll show up, they'll shake your hand, regardless of the result, they're still going to get paid. You know, whereas, you know, I've spent four weeks knowing the buyers, I know their, you know, exactly their budgets, I know how hard I need to push that buyer based on their personality on the floor. See, that information is going to give me a huge advantage over all of my competitors who's going to use someone that, that is, that is um, completely alien to the whole campaign. Right, okay, so that's another tick you think that you've got versus person going into a listing presentation. That's right, and there will always be rebuttals, and there's always going to be arguments either side, and this, look, I guess there's no, there's no right way about it, but who tells the best story wins. Correct. Yeah, I, I love that, who tells the best story wins, and let me tell you, stories sell, facts tell, stories sell. Yeah. Um, Andrew, but that will only help with auctions, well, also I use the auctioneering side of things to, to my advantage when we're doing private treaty as well. So, and that comes into how you negotiate with, uh, that, well, how we negotiate with buyers. And I'll, I'll typically uh, do a role play with an owner. Yeah, At the presentation. Absolutely. Because you, you're showing your skills and say, and, and the best way to, to set that up is that I'm sure all the other agents you've interviewed, Tom, would, would have already shown you how they negotiate. So I'm going you know, to show you now. I think we should let's role play now how we run a negotiation. Oh no, Andrew, we haven't, we haven't, none of the other agents have done that. Oh, they haven't, they haven't done that. That's all. And so it's a little bomb you can throw in there that we need to. But what I would suggest is that when we're when we are negotiating, when I'm, when I'm doing the role play with the with the client, saying that my auctioneering skills come into play there more than ever because I've got the skill set of an auctioneer to keep the increments higher, I'm able to accelerate the price a lot faster in negotiation. So rather than a buyer negotiating with an agent who's just willing to take the minimum increments, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollar higher offer. You know, I'm going to start at $50,000 lots, $100,000, and be firm on that. No, Mr. and Mrs. Y, we've been working, yeah, I can take one million and five thousand to the owner, but realistically, we've been working at $50,000 lots, so the next minimum increment I'm accepting is a thousand, one million and fifty. Wow, so that's the dialogue and language that you would use to a buyer, yes. and the dialogue and language you would use in the role play at the listing presentation to show a vendor, um, this is why I'm better. Absolutely. And you need to, uh, and I guess, you know, it's like a magic trick, you know, the, the, the rabbit, you know, pulling a rabbit out of the hat is not enough, you've got to make it disappear again. You know, that you need to actually you know, bring it back to, you know, surely the other agents have de demonstrated this to you. Have they not already explained this to you? you know, and they say no, that's when you, that's that separation. 
Okay, Andrew has shown us this. Andrew's shown us how he's going to accelerate the price. That's only one attribute, but there's thousands of them. You know, wow, 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 wow. I like that. That makes sense to me. The way that you articulated, I'm going to be taking increments of only fifty thousand dollars. I can tell you that's going to be music for them to see. It's the fact that you know, like you know, you're going to write two million dollars in gross commission income. Extraordinary. The reality is that most of the people that are watching this video blog, they just think to themselves, you know what? I'd be happy to do um, a quarter of that. I'd be happy to write five hundred grand in GCI. Yeah. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. The first one is to new agents that are out there, what are the best pieces of advice you can give to them as a 31-year-old guy now, knowing what you know, you know, 12, 13 years down the track, what's some advice that you can give these viewers? Well, I think it's important when you're starting your career that you you definitely get a mentor. You right. need to have someone who you aspire to. It doesn't have to be working in your office, it's a bonus if they are but someone who you can meet with regularly, and it needs to be more than once a month. Right. And, and part of that mentorship will become accountability. Right. Um, and the second point then is obviously having, um, uh, you're having your product knowledge better than anyone else. Right. And that goes hand in hand with having a patch of farm area. You know, so that you're known in that space. You know, Andrew Lutze, I know if we go to Bagala, North Bagala, if I have to drive two streets and see his name on a signboard, how do you get known for that space? You've got to work your patch, you know the data in the patch, you know, average sale price, unit price, you know, why properties are selling, what's the demographics of the buyers that move into that area, why do they move into that area, what are the attributes and the amenities that people like about the area. Um, so know it inside out. You have to know it inside out. Reading the paper and reading realestate.com is not enough, you know, right. or domain or whatever it may be. You know, they've got to actually you know, invest, know the communities, know the inner circles of the schools, you know, where the crossover section of the schools and why people move to that street versus this street. I mean, it gets fickle, but you know, you're then becoming the go-to person. So what you're saying to me is get a mentor, an accountability partner, choose an area and say, I am going to be the go-to person, become the rock star in this area, know it inside out. Yep. Um, is there a third thing? Yeah, definitely. Third thing is just keeping it simple. You've got to have structure. Don't right. be everything to everyone. Don't be ad hoc. You right. know, when you're taking a phone call here, you're negotiating on the sale. Then you decide to do ten minutes of prospecting, but you wanted to do an hour. Then you get sidetracked. Keep it simple. I, I, you know, in the last three years, I've been doing ad hoc all my career, and I've only kept it simple now, and I'm actually producing far better results than I ever have. So, right. So, so I, I like to hear this because it's someone that is a mild ADD and I have got this um, addiction to get distracted sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. how, how, you know, making the transition of, you know, um, trying to move into a process, systemized, non-ad hoc person, um, what you say, you do less, but you just concentrate, stay on task, is it? It's, yeah, I mean, ideal weeks, ideal days, it all sounds wonderful, but I keep it simple, like AM, I'm in the office, PM and added appointments. You're, you're most productive on the phone, you're gonna get the most cut through, those hard conversations, critical conversations you need to have at the right time, always AM. Right. You know, you're always gonna be in the morning. The PM, that's when you schedule all your appointments. Andrew, I can only see you at 10 a.m. for an appraisal. Look, I'm sorry, I'm fully booked up until midday. How about we make it 6.30 tonight when we get home from work? So AM more likely, Andrew, for you is internal, in the office, in the office on the phone. Prospecting, right. yep, that's right. 
Right, and PM is you go out, meet buyers, you go to presentations. That's right. Okay, alrighty. I know that you know you uh, you love rugby. We, we spoke <laughs> about that, and um, somehow you've been able to stay connected to rugby, and also uh, not only have it as part of your life, but it is part of your real estate life. Can you elaborate on? Yeah, yeah. Which club is it again? So we I sponsor um, the Bag Alice Fort Raiders Rugby Club. It's a junior rugby club, so they have the the mini sort of under sixes to under tens, and then the, the juniors under tens to under fourteens. Um, yeah, a lot of people do sponsor rugby clubs and, and different you know, communities and, and that as well in your patch, and that's great. You know, I think it's really important. But don't just stop there by giving a check. You know, I actually coach as well, even though I don't have any kids in the club. Uh, you know, I. I get in there, I coach, I've been coaching for three years a team. So people know me as, okay, well, the Raiders are affiliated to Hallingham's, but they're affiliated to Andrew Lutzi. Right. You know, so my, my agency actually has got the affiliation, we've got branding, that's great, but they know that I'm the go-to person in that club. If they ever want to talk about real estate, they'll go to me. Um, well, that's all I hope. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've got to actually be known first rather than actually expect listings to come back. Is community like, a lot of my talks are about vendor paid advertising because yep. it seems to be a win-win, helps the vendor, helps the agent. Definitely. Yep. But um, agent paid advertising is something that comes up to me all the time. What's your view on agent paid advertising for not property, for say sponsorships? That's, I, I spend around about 1% of my GCI in agent paid advertising. Maybe 5,000 of it is in paper. Right. Hardly that. You know, I really avoid putting my big flashy name getting out there in the papers unless it's a community focused thing. Because right. we're, our, most of our market is young families, you know, they're going to be in that part of the market. So I want them to know me as not but just being an agent. Take the suit and tie off, you know, he's ended with the rugby boots on. So your agent paid advertising is not, wow, look at me. No, it's more getting to know this is what, you know, part of the community. So I'm, I do a lot of, a lot of um, my agent paid advertising is in sponsorship. Right. So it's in sponsorship for uh, the local fates, the local schools. You know, I'll help out there having their auction night to raise funds. I'll do the auctioneering and I'll also donate one or two items. Um, I'll go to the, the rugby club and we donate you know, almost 10 grand a year in, in, in funds to the club. Um, so it's those sort of things that you'll get far better value out of. You won't initially for your first year, but you're laying down the foundation for you to continue on year after year after year. You know, if you're, especially if you're starting again, Match onto a, a rugby club or a soccer club or something netball community. You know, there's so many, there's so much talkability. It's amazing you walk down the sidelines and when they're, when they're doing a scrum, it's taking forever. and The parents start talking. It's, it's amazing how much. Um, but by the sounds of it, you're saying do something, not because oh, I'll do that and I'll pick up a listing out of it. No. Try and pick something that you like doing anyway. Yeah, that's right. Because you do it anyway and. This is a byproduct that people are going to talk about, and they'll probably talk more positively if they see that you love what you're doing anyway. You're passionate about it, exactly. I get passionate about real estate. You know, you know, most of the top performers, obviously, they love what they do. I mean, I love coming to work. You know, yeah, obviously, they have great days every day, but you know, majority of the time, I really, really, you know, love coming to work, and I love getting on the phone, you know, talking to people because that's. And you can hear it come through and you can see it in your body language, your energy, at your opens, that sort of thing. So, like you said, the attraction thing, you know when you go to a good open house and you think, wow, this is going well because they've got the right energy and it's the right attraction thing. I want, I want to emulate that. Yeah. Um, Andrew, cancer, yes. you, um, 
got diagnosed, I think you said, last year? Yeah, last August, got last diagnosed August. with um, testicular liver cancer um, and went and had quick surgery, um, went on a fairly intensive chemo treatment for about eight weeks um, and then um, yeah, a bit of a low spot. <laughs> so yeah, is there anything that's come out of it that's changed Andrew Lutz's view on life work? Yeah, I think um, you, you really learn what's important to you in your life, that's for sure. It makes you very humble um, and makes you realise that yeah, there's, there's more to life than just you know real estate and money and so on. And it probably takes a, a fairly significant event like that or perhaps it's a death in your family or someone close you know or whatever it may be. But it definitely makes you um, appreciate okay, just how good if you do something you love. Yeah, how, how good a position you're in, how fortunate you're in. And how grateful um, you've got to be um, yeah. when your health is good and you've got good work. That's right. It probably makes you realise when you miss out on a listing presentation or you've got a yeah. crack event or when That's you right. pre-frame things, you realise it's small stuff. And it also, you're absolutely right, and it also helps. It really has, has enabled me and I, I can't believe, I'm probably doing you know, three times better now since I've had treatment. Uh, in terms of my work, because <laughs> right. I'm getting the empathy. You know, I really develop. I realise there's a lot more empathy when someone is in a challenging position. You know, you need to rush them, rush, rush, rush them through everything. If you can just spend ten minutes more listening and, and empathising with the client, it's amazing the cut through you'll get. Actually, you'll you'll end up getting more answers that will lead on to you know that knock-on effect. When you're going to get the deal, whether you get the right price, whether you get the right marketing, the right fees, and in your core area. Yeah, it's like a listing leverage checklist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you going to leverage this listing to its max? And how can you get that from your biggest advocate, which is, you know, your client? Yeah. So um, it, it does, it, it, it helps your mindset, you know, and realize that there's a few things. There's so much, like, there's so much more I know that I wanted to talk to you about. I'm mindful of time, but I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to miss those things. So I'm going to uh, ask you a couple of quick questions, if that's all right. Sure. Um, so you've told me vendor paid advertising in your current listings are one of your biggest sources of listings. Yes. You've told me that community sponsorship, being a specialist and known as the uh, go-to person in the market. Andrew, database. Yes. What does it mean to you and what does database and how does it work for your business? Um, a database is critical because you, that's people you've either done business with or, I mean, everyone probably understands the database. Um, for me, my database, I've separated down to my VIP, my top 10 clients. They're people who are advocates, they are virtually more friends now than clients, and they're the ones who are going to ferociously um, recommend your name in the community and to their friends anywhere, and they'll you know, defend you at any cost if someone ever has to challenge them on something. So they're my top 10, and you need to speak to them you know, twice or three times a week. Wow. Yeah. So these 10 people, give me an example of just one of these people. Solicitor you refer a lot of business to and they refer business back. There's a commercial relationship. Um, there's my, the, you know, the, the, the club president for the, my rugby team that I sponsor. Um, there's probably a client who I've, who I've sold three or four properties for. Um, there's another one who I've sold nothing for. Wow. I sold their, their family member's property, but he refers me so much business. Um, just because I keep doing the right thing, keep in touch, keeping them informed, I've actually never done any business with them. Um, wow. That's a good VIP client for me. So know? what you're saying is these 10 people are treated, you use the term VIP, very important person, and you treat them like that, yep. and in return, they give you multiple referrals 
over your real estate life. Well, then that's your generation plan. That's right. your prospecting plan. Think if you can develop more relationships with people like that, you don't need to be cold calling. You don't need. You know, yes, you need to be sticking your head into your database and, and your pipeline all the time. And that's that's bread and butter. You have to do that. You can't get to this point without doing that. But these people are the ones where you go to first on a Monday morning. Right. You know, that's instead of ringing all your callbacks and that sort of thing. Tell your VIPs what happened on the weekend. Right. You know? Okay, Andrew. Two final questions. Number one. Best advice to someone who's watching this that's struggling, they might have been in real estate for a while, what's a bit of advice you can give them? If you haven't got a patch, get a patch. Right. You know, get serious about real estate, you know, and actually start to stop going ad hoc, AM, PM. That's okay. probably the best, you know, AM, you're in the office, don't leave the office, don't break your time block in. You, know, you say 10 before 10, yeah. that's the start of my career. I did that for six years religiously. Loved it. 10, 10 prospecting calls for 10. Okay. You're talking about keeping it simple. You know someone that gets this ideal week and it's blocked off like, you know, it looks like a colourful jigsaw puzzle. You've got colours everywhere. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you're setting it up for, for failure and guilt and depression because yeah. you're not sticking to something that's actually not stickable to, you know? That's right. Um, last question. If Andrew Lutzi was meeting Andrew Lutzi day one in real estate, when he just got back from overseas and he was joining Cunningham's, what advice would Andrew give himself now, 13 years down the track? I would, I'd tell him to, once you hit 200,000 GCI, get a PA. Right. Get a PA earlier than you think because you want to be dealing with the pointy end of stuff and you want to let go of the stuff that's not dollar productive. Right. So you've got to, got to be effective, got to be dollar productive. What activity am I going to do today that's going to earn me money tomorrow? Right. Okay. I've just met this guy here today that I think to myself, um, he typifies attraction agent, success, humility, keeping it simple. Um, I'm just so happy that you know we did this you know and yeah. uh, John Cunningham said to me Tom you've got to meet Andrew right and uh, mate thanks so much for coming along congratulations I hear the good news baby's coming along yeah that's right yeah well, December 1 is going to be a hot baby <laughs> wow December 1 hot babies first first day in summer isn't it that's right yeah okay alrighty thanks thank you so much thanks.